0: Are you looking for a childcare option that will expose your children to different cultures and languages? An au pair may be the right choice for you. We will tell you everything you need to know in this episode of Happily Unmarried. Hi, my name is Danielle.
1: And my name is Danielle.
0: And you're listening to the Happily Unmarried podcast, a podcast about adulting and living your best life.
1: In this episode, we will talk about what exactly an au pair is, what they can offer in terms of childcare, and the steps to adding one to your family.
0: A few months ago, I gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. Since we're close to both having exhausted our baby leave, he will soon need to go into childcare. Now, finding good childcare is hard and it's expensive.
1: Right, especially here in the Bay Area. Childcare spots are few and far between, and the average full time infant care can easily cost upwards of $1,500.
0: While we were looking for childcare options, Daniel suggested we look into au pairs. At first, I thought that would be way too expensive, but when we actually looked into it, it turned out to be quite competitive with our other childcare alternatives.
1: alternatives. So we started looking into this option a little bit more seriously. Like most people, we had a rough concept of what an au pair is, but we didn't really know the details.
0: Well, you might have had a rough concept of uh, what an au pair was, but I always thought that an au pair was simply just the French word for a nanny. Uh, Turns out that is not the case.
1: (laughs) Right. So... What au pair actually stands for is, it's the French word for au par, or equal to you.
0: So, that indicates that the relationship is intended to be one of equals. So, an au pair is intended to become a member of the family. Uh, So, they are not a nanny, uh, they are not a housekeeper, and they are definitely not indentured servants.
1: Right. So, it's important to understand that when you're hiring an au pair, you're not just hiring a caregiver for your children, but you're actually opting into a cultural exchange program. So the idea is that your family is going to be exposed to the culture and language of the au pair, and the au pair will have the opportunity to be exposed to American culture and have the family share that with them.
0: Yeah. So since an au pair is intended to become a member of the family, what exactly are the responsibilities of an au pair?
1: So the primary duty of an au pair is child care, um, that being said, there are restrictions on how many hours they can work in a day and in a week.
0: Correct. So, uh, per their contract, an au pair cannot be asked to work more than 45 hours in a week and no more than 10 hours in one day. Uh, they are also required to have one full weekend off a month. So if you happen to work, you or, or your spouse or whoever happens to work on the weekends, you would have to ensure that you found, uh, yeah thank you alternative um, care for for at least one week in a month. The nice thing though about the schedule is that it is flexible. So as a host family you have the ability to create what that schedule is going to be uh, which will in our case uh, one thing that we're actually really looking forward to is being able to you know adjust the schedule once a month or so so that we can carve out an additional four hours or so uh, for a date night. Right. Daniel mentioned that the primary responsibility of the au pair is to care for the child. Uh, but that doesn't mean just taking care of the baby. So there are some additional duties that they will be and can be responsible for. Like like what? Since their primary duty is to care for the child, that involves you know everything related to the child. So obviously they're going to be feeding and changing and... Um, picking up after the child, but you know chores related to the child, so cleaning up a bedroom, doing laundry, uh, putting up dishes uh, if they've prepared a meal for the child, uh, as well as you know dropping off and picking up from school if that falls within their uh, work day, the hours that they're they're working in that day.
1: What about the rest of the household chores?
0: Exactly. So I think it's important to note that the au pair is not your housekeeper. Uh, you are still responsible for maintaining your own household. It is not the au pair's job to cook you dinner every night, to keep your house clean, and to scrub your toilets. Again, their duties should only be restricted to the chores that are related to the care of the child. Right. So the next thing I wanted to know really was who are the au pairs?
1: Yeah. Au-pairs are typically women um, and between the age of 18 to 26. So um, a lot of them have either just graduated from college or have just graduated from high school and uh, having a uh, a gap year between whatever they do next.
0: So most au-pairs typically take um, a one-year placement.
1: Exactly. Um Yeah. Uh, so they will stay with your family for a year. Um, there is an option to extend after that. I think you can extend either for six months or twelve months. Right. Yeah, I believe so. Um, but, but both yeah, parties have to. Yeah, the the au pair and the the host family have to agree on that.
0: Now that we have a better understanding of what an au pair and a cultural exchange program is, let's see if an au pair is a good fit for your family.
1: Right. Let's start by looking at costs. So we already mentioned earlier that the Prices for an au pair are actually quite c- competitive compared to other childcare options. In our um, area. In our area. This is important to understand. childcare here in the Bay Area is ridiculously expensive.
0: If you like our podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe.
1: Let's break down some of the costs that come with an au pair. Um, the, there are two major components to the cost of an au pair. That is, one, the program fee that you pay to the agency that takes care of... Um, Uh, sourcing the au pairs and having them travel here and organizing the visa and all the stuff that the agency does for you and then the other big part is the stipend that you pay your au pair so the program fee is in our case was roughly nine thousand dollars for the year Um, and then the stipend that we're paying the au pair is approximately two hundred dollars a week
0: Right. And so we pay them $200 a week. But it, again, it's important to understand that they are getting free room and board. So they don't have to pay anything to stay here. Uh, and we're essentially giving them you know, $200 a week in spending money.
1: Right. There, there are a couple of other small costs. So for example, there's a match fee that you have to pay every time you match with an au pair. So if you match with an au pair, but you're unhappy with them, you can rematch um, but you have to pay the you fee have again. to pa- pay the match fee again, yeah. So the au pair is required to do to attend college basically for uh, credits. It, how many credits
0: is it? You I, I believe they have to take six credits, which six credits. is two classes.
1: Right, and so you have to contribute to that education with five hundred dollars for the year. So in total, if you break all of that, if you sum all of that up and divided by 12, you come down to approximately $1,670 a month. Uh, Not a terrible deal. So if you look at some other alternatives, in-home daycare here in the Bay Area, area, you pay approximately $1,500 or more per month for that. Um, Something like a childcare center or a nursery school is easily $1,900 or more. And then if you wanted something that is in a lot of ways, more comparable to an au pair in terms of how they work, an in-home nanny. A one-on-one. Right. Um, Or, like, even one-on-multiple of your children, which is actually one of the benefits of an au pair compared to some of the other alternatives, right? The au pair cannot only take care of one child, but the au pair can help out other children with homework and stuff or pick them up, drop them off somewhere as well. So, and a nanny is, like, $3,300 or... Mm -hmm. But there are some additional costs associated with an au pair that are not
0: outlined Outlined on the
1: the front page, basically. (laughs) Since they will be living with you, they will incur costs in in that regard. So, for example, you have to provide room and board, as we said. You may have a a spare room in your house that you're not actively using for anything. While that doesn't incur any direct costs, it is a lost opportunity cost that you have to consider. In addition to that, they will the au pair will eat,
0: will use... Uh, utilities. Utilities. They'll be driving your children, so you have to put them on your car insurance. Right. So you can think of them in a
1: lot of way like an additional child, what they, what they incur in costs for right. you. We mentioned before, you have to provide room and board. That also means you have to be able to provide room and board, which I think for a lot of people is probably the biggest problem with hiring an au pair.
0: Not having the space. Right.
1: You want to talk about this a little bit more? Yeah,
0: you are required to provide a dedicated room to your au pair. So uh, they were very clear to us in that that room cannot be a closet. That room cannot be a laundry room. So there are no you know, Harry Potter's living <laughs> under the stairs. Uh, those do not count as dedicated rooms. So yeah, when you're deciding if an au pair is a good fit, you know, you need to consider all the overall, consider the overall size of your home. So, you know, for us, you know, one of the things that helped seal the deal, so to speak, is that we recently purchased a nude home and our family lives on the the top floor and we have our guest room, uh, which is downstairs. There's- i f-
1: There's basically an in-law apartment downstairs. There's a little living space and there's a bathroom and there's the separate bedroom. While obviously the au pair is going to live with us as a family and we're welcoming the au pair into our family and we're going to spend time with the pair. There's the opportunity for retreat whenever that is required.
0: Yeah, I mean, and not just for her, for us as well. I mean, that was something for me. If we we didn't necessarily have that dedicated space, if we had, you know, less bedroom, you know, we have four bedrooms, if we only had a three bedroom and everyone was right next to each other, you know, I might've felt a little bit differently about it, but because we had the space... I was more comfortable with with everyone living together and, you know, not driving each other crazy. And then the last thing to consider is your commitment to the program. You know, we've mentioned already multiple times that you're not hiring a nanny. As a host family, you are required to put in effort and help incorporate this person into your home and ensure that they are having a good experience, not just that your children are having a good experience.
1: Yeah, I think... Considering the word "host family" here is important. You are hosting mm-hmm. a cultural exchange or pair. you're not hiring someone and then just bossing them around
0: yeah you're not renting a room yeah either um they're they're not roommates
1: exactly so so you should you should want to provide a good experience to your au pair and allow them to participate in family life and go on trips go on trips uh spend Holidays. time with the family. Have a question or something to say? Join the community discussion by following us on Twitter at Unmarried Media. Use hashtag HU005 to discuss this episode. So once you've decided that an au pair is the right path to go for your family, you will need to start looking for one.
0: Yeah, and the best way to do this really is to go through one of the many au pair agencies. Uh, we took a look at a few and uh, did a little bit of research and we settled on Au Pair in America.
1: So once you've settled on an agency um you uh create an account with them they they have they all have websites where you can log in and then there's um the au pairs they have profiles so you can kind of like filter sort. and search and sort through those profiles and find a au pair that matches your requirements so in our case it was important to us that the au pair was able to speak German. We are raising our children bilingually. Um, I, I have heritage in Germany. Uh, I was born in Germany. And so um, finding an au pair that is able to speak German and help us with raising our children bilingually was our number one priority.
0: Right. And another one of our requirements was age. Uh- I was not interested in bringing someone into our home that was either 21 or going to be 21. I remember what I was like when I was 21, and we're already bringing a, essentially a teenager into our home. I just didn't want to deal with that. Even though I know that the drinking age in Germany is already uh, below 21, uh, that's just an added piece that I just didn't want to deal with. So we looked specifically for an au pair that was under the age of 21.
1: Right. and all the au pairs, they have driver's licenses. They they are all at least 18 when they start the program. There's certain minimum requirements that those agencies have towards the au pairs.
0: And then the last thing it, for us that was important was educational aspirations. So we were looking for an au pair that, you know, was doing a gap year, but has intention of going back to school uh, and completing their, their degree. Education is something that's really important to us. And we really want to instill that into our children. So we wanted to make sure that, um, you know, whatever au pair we brought into our family also had those values as well.
1: Right. Once you've established basically your filters um, and you've found a couple of au pairs that match your criteria, um, you, can, you can actually look at their material that they have provided to the agency. At least for Au Pair in America, that is each of the au pairs has a little introduction video where they, where they talk about who they are, where they're from, what they do, why
0: they want to do the program, why they want
1: to do the program. So basically you have, you'll sit down with your five or 10 or whatever, how many au pairs, um, that match your criteria and you look at their videos. And there's a bunch of other supporting material that. They up, that they provide through the agency. So there's... There's um, a
0: letter to the family. The agency does an interview and provides you with notes on the interview. They get their entire work history, their childcare history, and they, they also get their references. So you can review all of that material before right. even speaking to one of the girls.
1: Right, and that's that's really great. I think we were able to filter out at least 50% or more of the... Of the pairs that we had or, that uh, match our original criteria just based off of that material.
0: Right. And we landed, I think, on three that we were interested in interviewing. Right. Which okay. is the next step. Join us next time when we will discuss how to use chores to teach responsibility to children. To not miss that or any other episode, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts.
1: So once you've selected your request, request yeah.
0: Uh, one thing that we do recommend is, well, a couple things. One, you're going to be scheduling, or uh, we recommend that you schedule th- these interviews via video chat uh, rather than just over the phone uh, and prepare for the interview. I think we allocated 45 minutes per interview. Approximately. And uh, you know, we had a lot of questions, and we looked up a lot of questions. We prepared our own cre- questions. You have to figure out what's most important for you. Uh, you also have to remember that... They are not native English speakers, so you have to make sure your questions are easy to understand, and when you are interviewing, that you're asking your questions slowly and clearly and giving them time to respond.
1: Yeah. I think what also really helps is let them know that you know that they are not native speakers, and if they have any questions in regards to understanding or if they want you to repeat a question or something that they should just ask. Um, make them feel comfortable about that.
0: Because one of the primary reasons uh, a lot of these girls want to come to America specifically is because they want to practice their English. One of their goals is to improve their English skills while they're here.
1: Exactly. After the interviews, we we took notes during the interview. So we reviewed the notes afterwards. And we then chose one of the au pairs that we wanted to move forward with, that we liked the best, essentially. And so... Um,
0: you you make them an offer. You make them an offer. a job yeah. offer essentially. I I sent her an email, let her know that we were you know really excited about how you know, about the interview and we wanted to move forward and make her an offer to join our family. Um, and you know once they they'll respond whether yes or no. Uh, but the minute that they say yes, that's when you officially match with them uh, through the the portal, right. and that's what really then gets the ball rolling with the agency.
1: And so then once you've connected with your au pair, both you and the agency will prepare for arrival. So there's a bunch of stuff that needs to get done.
0: Yeah, and I should point out too that... A lot of au pairs start after they've completed high school, which means that, I mean, the start dates are spread out throughout the year, but there's a significant amount of start dates that occur in the summertime. Uh, So when we started looking for an au pair, it was, I think, back in February Mm -hmm. once we completed this process, and she's not joining our family until July. So there's there's a significant amount of time before. I mean, I'm sure there are some families who may match a few weeks before, uh, but we didn't want to put that to chance. So we did it early, which meant we had a very big gap in time. Right. So that being said, what are some of the things that the agency takes care of for us?
1: So the agency takes care of a lot of the formalities and logistics, which is the value that the agency adds in the end. So for one, all these au pairs, they need visa paperwork um so they can't just come to the US for a year they actually need to have the proper documents and the the agency takes care of all for uh, takes care of all of that in addition to that the agency will provide health insurance for the au pairs and the agency will organize the arrival of the au pair into the US um, at the location of the orientation so all the girls that start at the same time they come together and have a two to three day orientation where they learn the basics about
0: childcare and how to fare how the program works all the living in america um it's also a good opportunity for them to meet girls who are going to be staying in other areas of the country they are required that's another requirement to get two weeks uh, paid vacation uh, so a lot of them you know make friends and then coordinate trips for when they take right. their vacation uh, and then uh, since Au Pair in America hosts their orientation in Connecticut they then also organize a trip to New York City for the girls as well
1: right in our case San Francisco and the Bay Area is a, a, a little bit special in that regard um, the agency also organizes the the trip from the orientation to the destination, so basically to us?
0: We were able to take advantage of the offer, which allowed us to not have to pay for their travel to our home from, from the orientation. But I, I do believe that depending on where you're located, you may be required to pay for the travel. Right. So
1: that's the stuff that the agency takes care of. Um, But obviously, you are inviting another person into your house, and so you need to prepare for that.
0: Right, so... There's a few different things that you need to do to prepare for your au pair's arrival in your home. Uh, I think the easiest thing to do is just preparing the room for arrival, making it welcoming, um, you know, providing some helpful household items, things that, you know, she might need that she may have forgotten. Um, things like, you know, a hairbrush and hair ties, just basic necessities. Also, one of the things that we're going to try to do is include a couple gifts, you know, kind of welcome gifts for her. So that part's easy. That part's fun. Just getting in the room ready to go. Uh, the other couple things that you need to do we do require a little bit of work. The first thing that I did was prepare what we call a welcome guide. And this is really just an outline for the first few days uh, that she will be with us. One thing to mention is that you are required to spend the first three days with your au pair. It's not like they arrive and then you say, peace out we're going to work and you're in charge. So that being said, we were a little uncomfortable with just three days. So we're actually gonna be spending about a week and a half with her. So what we did was outline essentially every day for the first week and let her know who's gonna be home, uh, what things we have planned, uh, you know, going to Target, going to the grocery store on the weekend, things like that, just so that she knows before she gets here that we've already put a little thought into what her first week's gonna be like, and that will just help relieve some of the anxiety that she's probably having. The other part of the welcome guide was a breakdown of all the things that we need to complete in the first month, and that's things like, getting her social security card, getting her driver's license, getting her a bank account, all of the things that she needs to be able to function uh, in the U.S. for the next year. And then the last thing that I prepared, or actually I shouldn't say I, that we've been working on together uh, that actually takes up the most amount of time is preparing what we're calling a family handbook. And this is something that the agency requires, suggests that you put together uh, essentially a guide to your home and family for the au pair uh, that they can easily, you know, flip through. It has, you know, all the important phone numbers, information about your children, what they like, what they don't like, what you should do when, you know, the child misbehaves, where the child should eat, what their schedules are. Um, And then obviously any household rules or guidelines just in general that you have, the more information you can provide her about your home and your family, the easier it's going to be for her to um, get comfortable with with her new role.
1: Right. So these are basically the things that you need to prepare uh, or you want to have ready before your pair comes. But then to bridge the The time between you matching with her and uh, she actually arriving, you want to make sure that you stay in contact with her the entire time. So don't just match with her and then peace out for six months. Ghost her for six months. Send her messages, photos of the children, videos. Kind of let her know that you're excited about her coming. Let her know that the children are excited about her coming. Um,
0: We scheduled a couple additional Skype sessions where she got to talk with our oldest and she got to see how much how much bigger our our youngest has gotten and we can just check in with her and see how she's doing because she's finishing up school just making sure that she understands that we're interested in her life and we want to make sure that you know again when she gets here she feels like she knows us a little bit already so continuing to stay in contact with your au pair will allow everyone to get to know each other a little more and make the arrival feel more natural and familiar
1: yeah and then you just wait for your au pair's arrival, um, which is what we're currently doing.
0: We are super excited to see our au pair start later in the summer, and we can't wait to share with you our experiences living with an au pair in a future episode.
1: Until then, let us know if you have considered an au pair. Do you have any reservations or reasons why an au pair wouldn't be a good fit for you? Or are you looking for an au pair? Or maybe even already living with one? What do you like best about it? Let us know on Twitter at Unmarried Media. I am Daniel.
0: And I'm Danielle. And, and we're we are happily unmarried. unmarried.